Hey, everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. Andy, you're pointing at me. Why? It's the ad time. We can do that right now. All right. <laughs> this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good folks at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood. Andy, you recently visited. What'd you think? Oh, it was fascinating. There was a, there was a bunch of oddities and, and weird things. And it was an upstairs and a downstairs and a piano stairway. It was great. Was, was it, uh, would you say that it was uh, an auditorium? It was an auditorium. Wow. I, I'm actually not sure if I was in. I must have been in the auditorium. Well, Andy, guess what? If you want to go back to find out for sure if you're in the auditorium, you can bring up to 10 people for $100. Really? Yeah, it's a bargain. It's the away team special, and it's brought to you by Star Trek The Next Conversation. All you have to do is head over to Ripley's. You walk up to them, and you say, hey, I heard about this on Star Trek The Next Conversation, and boy, doesn't Riker have a sexy new beard? That's right. right mention Riker's sexy new beard. And you can get up to 10 people in on the Away Team Special for $100. Visit the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium in Hollywood, California. Right on Hollywood Boulevard in Highland. It's the center of entertainment. <laughs> I made that up. Believe it or not. Chief Petty Officer's Log, Stardate 42568.8. My team and I have been tasked with helping Chief Engineer LaForge make adjustments on the deuterium control conduit, but my subordinate crewman, Secunda, is nowhere to be found. I fear his absence, though technically irrelevant, will endanger the outcome of this incredibly superfluous mission. Crewman Secunda, where have you been? I was on a date. Well, we have gone way over schedule due to your tardiness, which gave me the excuse to not do any of my own duties, but just sit here plucking my guitar. I hope you're happy, mister. I forget about that. I just made out with a lady in the holodeck. You know, I've been wanting to do that since we've got assigned here. Really? Uh, who was it? Ensign Gibson. Oh, Helmsman. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty soon I'm going to be hanging out with all the big shots at 10 forward. Then you and all the other low-ranking D-bags can suck it. Wait a minute. Andy, are you just coming back from your date now? Yeah, so. Well, it's just that Ensign Gibson's bridge shift is also now. Wow, she blew off her shift for our date? This girl's got a bad case of the Andes. Uh, computer, please locate Ensign Gibson. Ensign Gibson's location is manning the helm station on the bridge. And, uh, computer, how long has she been there? Ensign Gibson has been there for four and a half hours. Huh. Computer, is anyone in Holodeck 4? The visiting governess Anya is in Holodeck 4. What? Who the hell did I just make out with? Andy, that's one of the Alasimorphs. Oh, that makes sense. Wait, what makes sense? Well, we were at dinner in 10 Forward, and I was talking about this ancient TV show Twin Peaks that I like, and then Ensign Gibson went to the ladies' room, and one of the girl characters from Twin Peaks came up and started talking to me. Wait, you didn't find it weird that a fictional character from centuries ago started chatting at you moments after you were talking about it. Look, I don't know. A lot of weird things happen on this ship. I was just thinking, I'm on fire tonight. Andy, you just made out with what is essentially a ball of gas. You know what? Whatevs. I've dated worse. <laughs> oh, no! It's the Elasimorph! Anya, no! I'm sorry! Andy, what did you do? I don't know! I thought it was a lovely evening! Oh, what is she typing into the pad? Wait, what what'd she write? Oh, she left her number. See, I told you I was on fire tonight. Ironically, so was your date. (laughs) (laughs) 
I feel like if we heard some whimsical music playing, like at the end of a TV show, I wouldn't feel so bad about that joke. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately, this is life. We just have to sit in the badness of our joke sometimes with no closing music to save us. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. And we are back after a week. Uh, welcome to Star Trek: The Next Conversation. I'm Sorry, Matt. everyone. I'm Andy. Andy's sad about us having to take a week off, even though really we took like eight days off. We did, We're but uh, we got a lot of tweets and comments from people who were just jonesing, just jonesing, stuck in traffic, not hearing. <laughs> Hearing our soothing voices. There's more podcasts out there, guys. If you if you like hey, Andy don't, don't and I, turn them if you like podcasts. Andy and I, hang on. I'm plugging another episode of a podcast we were on together. Oh, okay. If you like Andy and I, you can head over to the James Bonding podcast and download an episode where we rank. It's the most popular episode we've ever done, and that's all thanks to Andy. We rank every James Bond song, one through twenty-four. That um, was the most popular one. Yeah, most downloads to date. <laughs> <laughs> All because of Secunda. Andy. Um, yeah, so check that out. That's uh, it'll available for a little bit longer before the all the James Bondings go behind the paywall, uh, except for the most recent batch. So do that. I know that Matt is. Uh Matt's got to get up early, early in the morning. I have to get up very early in the morning to discuss the uh, episode of After Trek we're doing next week. So why don't we jump right in? Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. This is the Admirals Club. Don't you think I should say to everybody thank you for uh, tweeting? Well, and, and, I've, and, I was going to you know, be addressed soon enough, so I figured you would just take the time. But, but feel free. Get okay, into it well, now. Wait, you have a spot where we're going to do it? There's a million spots. We have letters about people talking to you about it. Uh, we oh, have and the first you, Admirals Club one is talking Did you pull any of it? Well, then here we go. Go ahead. Admirals, Admirals Club. I mean, it's a five-star review time, guys. It's five-star review. If you think this is good from FNK Dumplin, <laughs> Matt Meyer has just been announced as Star Trek Discovery After Show host called After Trek, Snark, Charm, Charm, Wit, a walking Star Trek cuckoo bird. If this <laughs> podcast is any indication, Matt will definitely not fail at his new, new role. And he's pretty good, too. Guest star role, oh. says Eric. A lot of people have asked about the guest star role. Andy, I got to tell you, if you know, let's say we get through this first batch of episodes and and we're humming along, I, I feel like uh, you're ripe to bring on the show. I I feel like that's that's uh, that's probably a long shot, but I, I just appreciate don't know your that, faith. Uh, <laughs> CBS really, you know, they want big stars. We're talking Kevin James, Leah Remini, big I, big stars. I'm going to be trying to sell a sitcom pitch. So if I sell it to CBS, maybe I can. Uh, oh, strong then maybe arm them. maybe um, say but, say, uh, say no unless you get to guest on. 
That seems like that's yeah. wise for me to. No, I don't put on my no. television show. No. <laughs> um, but uh, yes, as is uh, as is indicated in this review, this very pleasant five star review, which is how you get into an admiral, the Admirals Club. Matt Myra, huge, huge leap in Star Trek status. Yeah, I mean, in the last week and a half, so close to one day getting a memory alpha page. I really. Oh boy! It seemed like they would just have to. Just right? gotta get them to name a character after oh me, right? Oh my gosh! And then sign away all my true. character rights to CBS. Oh, does it have to be only canon that's in Memory Alpha? You might make no, Memory I Beta. Could make memory Beta, sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, it's very exciting. I'm. I. I, I all I want to do is a good job for everybody. I. I got a lot of feedback on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> some of it positive, <laughs> some of it negative. Uh, people saying I was yelling. I think the biggest complaint I saw was that I was yelling. You and seem very enthusiastic. I was, I was yelling. I I agree with that totally. I, I you know we were watching before we did it. They were showing me the thing they cut together uh, to show to CBS for my hosting. Right. And I was watching it, and I was just like, "Why am I yelling so much in the uh, thing?" I was, I was, you know, and it was the old a lot of old Attack of the Show stuff. Yeah. Where I'm just trying to yell over the cameras to the small audience we had right and i was doing that again in the studio and i'm just like is that not with like watch what happens and all those shows like this aren't they basically isn't that their presentation i don't know but But i agree with you you don't have to no i don't have to but i I think it was reasonable for you to think that that's what should have been happening yeah um so i'm gonna try let's tune in next week guys uh, on cbs all access and see if i have stopped yelling um, whatever the case, I found it delightful. Somebody on Reddit said I was a sh- now uh, can't, they can't listen to me because I'm a shill for Big Rod, <laughs> 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 which I thought was very funny. The uh, the truth is uh, Matt is not uh, legally uh, or or you know just by what's appropriate allowed to uh, to give his too ma- too many deep thoughts on. Yeah, I mean I could give some broad stroke thoughts on the first two hours of discovery. Oh, I didn't even realize you were allowed to do that. Uh, I don't know that I am. We'll find out Monday. <laughs> okay. Um, but I you know I felt like it was a two hour cold open. I felt like it was a big prologue and i'm really excited about seeing episode three for the fact that i think now that we know burnham's backstory we're gonna finally actually meet the crew of the discovery and see what's going on in the discovery see this was um i was so eager and i'm i'm sorry that we can't do an episode by episode covering of this i guess we'll have to wait i don't think anything stops you from like I know, but I'd really like to dig into it, frankly. Up. But I will say the two major things that uh, <laughs> that I thought were perfect distinctions for Matt and I were, mm-hmm. one, that uh, I disagree even about the prologue thought. I did not expect to be completely on board with this thing based on all the hubbub. I loved it. I love the way it looked, too. It was so... And I see a lot of people... I love that it was a prologue. A and lot it was of... Just, uh, I don't know what to call these people. Canonites? You know, that's a good term for yeah, them. Yeah, um, where they're having some trouble. I see a lot of people on, online uh, like having trouble with uh, technology that exists on the disco- on the Shenzhou mm-hmm. that didn't quite exist on the original series Enterprise. And I just I have to say I think that those those things have never super bothered me. I don't Sticklers. love that. I don't love that. Was there anything glaring? Uh, you know, hologram technology, the communication, ship to ship communication with holograms. That ship was not a thing. With Remember they were talking to the Admiral? Yeah, the but. The Admiral standing in the oh, right. room as a hologram? Right. Yeah. 
So that I mean, kind of stuff. I guess I felt like with that kind of thing, because that definitely did strike me when yeah. it happened, but I guess I kind of felt like, well, you have to assume that hologram technology and screen technology has gone there and back again through the whole, yeah. through through the last yeah. few hundred years. We're already at holograms in our current era. Maybe. So it's just a stylistic choice yeah. for them. And I think maybe like it's in and out of fashion, you know, like, exactly. curved, like curved televisions. And they're like, nah, let's just go back to these flat televisions. Because Enterprise in, in TOS was much more stripped down and kind of less stylistic. So maybe after the or war with the Klingons. Yeah, who knows? They were like, you know what? Just functional. You know what? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make everything a uh, very colorful button. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we're not going to label any of these buttons. Yes. And uh, I think that's Lots of clicks. Yeah. You know what? I want to click for everything that happens on this ship. You know what? I, I, we're having trouble here knowing if uh, the, 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 the keystroke registered, so we're really going to make it tactile. So many mistakes. <laughs> uh, I got to know when I turn on those shields that I turned them on with this on-off switch. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that whole thing of the technology doesn't bother me. It, it really, and no. then the other big thing, yeah, which actually I was, I was like a little bit like, oh man, why are we changing the Klingons so much? Mm-hmm. And I was to a point, and then someone brought up the fact today on Twitter. I was reading, and I don't know if they were tweeting at me or if I was just happened to read it, but like someone said, well, they, look at they fucking changed the look for the motion picture. Why'd they do that? Uh-huh. And I was like, oh well, well they had more money and time. And then I was like, oh, they had more money and time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching an entertainment thing. So then I started to be like a little more like, oh, okay. I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, of course, you know, obviously, yeah, I'm I'm one for theories. I feel like you can. Oh, yeah, they might try to enterprise it, you know, where they retcon in the uh, virus, the uh, transmutation. Of the Klingons. I mean, my my statement was, and I don't know if uh, my sense is this is not part of their their mythology that they're building, is that they were 12 separate houses. 24 houses. 24 God. houses. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe when they all started to intermarry and stopped war- warring. To which just, I reminded Andy. I know, uh, that they like, wouldn't like have had time years. to evolve. But maybe uh, Klingons evolve faster. Look, they, they look different a couple hundred, it's totally different a couple hundred years after... Uh, TOS, 100 years after. 87. Well, 80, but then you got to think about motion picture, which is only 20 years after. And then the Klingons look like the Klingons do in in, uh, Next Gen. Again, i got to say, it might have to do with the fact that it's money, uh and uh, they've had time to do more makeup. Well, I'm looking for a canon reason, (laughs) and I believe that the Klingons were experimenting in their desire to be a superior battle race with radiation and all sorts of stuff. I like a a backwards retconning. Uh I like when they try to explain things. Um, But, you know, we're in a world where a show came out where Khan was the main bad guy for Star Trek II, and he was supposed to have led the eugenics war in 1997 over... And, and left Earth in his little uh, botany bay. <laughs> Here's an Andy's theory for uh, for uh, Discovery. He's oh a little boy. bonus Andy Buckle theory. Buckle up, everybody. What if the Klingons are all wearing masks in Discovery? <laughs> that would be the <laughs> most actually thing look ever. like the Klingons in uh, the original series. In the original series. Wow, Andy, you're <laughs> blowing my mind. Humanoid. Um, All right. But yeah, so I think a little, a quick little uh, disco recap is not uh, out of the question once we've uh, processed everything and I've 
said all the things I needed to say over on the uh, After Trek program. Well, since we're on the topic. I will say, tune in again. We have uh, this Sunday we have, oh, this airs after, well, some people in the UK and stuff internationally. It's on Netflix, so yeah, you can watch. Uh, Aaron Harberts is back, the executive producer, and we have, uh, I believe, Mary Wiseman stopping by. She mm-hmm. is a character who you're introduced to in episode three. Again, I've only seen 10 minutes of episode three, but I got to say, I enjoy her. I'm looking forward to it. And I will say if anyone from the Discovery Brass is listening, uh, Matt is too honorable to uh, make this request. But I said, hey, let's watch the Discovery in advance and then we'll record an after after track, which has been requested by some it's people. Not, can't, no, we but, can't do uh, yeah, He said uh, that they're already paying me to do that. Yeah. So if anybody says they want it, let, me, let us know. Um, whatever the case, the other thing I just want to say before we get off discovery, yeah. um, which I thought was a hilarious distinction, is uh, Matt's one minor issue was uh, the uh, that that uh, Michael breaks protocol by Vulcan nerve pinching. Boy, I am a sucker for protocol, as everybody knows here. I think I said it on the show. You love protocol. I love uh, people following uh, Starfleet protocol. I love the chain of command. I love yeah. people that respect it. And of course, and, I as you know, and I wasn't. It wasn't as the douchebag rebel. I was like, oh, I love that she takes out her captain. That's but amazing. To me, it wasn't like Georgia was doing something so incredibly dangerous. No, you know what I mean. It wasn't like she was mad with power and was like going to get everybody killed by not firing. Well, theoretically, Michael s- thought that she was about to start a war and get herself killed. Yeah, yeah. They did put a lot on that she thought, no, I was more worried for you. That seemed a little bit weird. But I definitely believe the thing about starting a war. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out. It's going to be interesting. That Klingon war we've heard so much about, we're finally seeing it play out. Um, Anyway, the uh, the other Admirals Club review is... Because, you know, there's all this time on Matt. Let's have a little time on uh, Secunda. This one is Sefunda (laughs) from Big Danny Smack. Back in the early 2000s, I was taking improv classes at UCB and knew Andrew Secunda. I always wondered what happened to him. Turns out he writes on the Goldbergs with Matt Meyer, and they do a podcast about Star Trek Next <laughs> Generation. Um, keep up the good work, boys. Um, and then we have a United Federation of Planet Circle oh, donation for, uh, to uh, our email at sttncpod at gmail.com through mm-hmm. PayPal. Mm-hmm. Michelle Danner said, I'm celebrating my sixth wedding anniversary with my husband, Rob, this week. Congratulations. And we both listen to the podcast at work and then talk about it after, which is adorbs. Oh, that's very nice, guys. Can you please mention that I say happy anniversary to Rob on the podcast? That would be the greatest thing ever. Much Trek love, Michelle Danner. Rob, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary to you both. May you both live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. Anyway, uh, she sent $6 for that. Worth it. Sixth well anniversary. It. Why not? There you it's go. a beautiful thing. And there is no like, you know. And oh. that was the Sorry, go I thought you were about, finishing. I'm going to go on about anniversary presents and how like the first one's paper. And then like, what's six? Who knows? Oh, could yeah. be six. Could be, could six be donate to a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. All right, here we go. You all, I hope you enjoyed uh, Andy's dolphin sketch. Captain, we are being hailed. And now we have hails. Um, yeah, there was another sketch at the top. Um, I was saying to Andy that for the duration of uh, After Trek, which goes another, s- another few weeks, uh, thir- six, seven 13 weeks. 13 episodes? How many episodes? Oh, well, they're doing a break. They're breaking the season in two. Oh, they are? Yeah, so oh. I think we go... 
into November. And then, so I was thinking for the duration of this, just so we can keep getting an episode out to you guys, we might shorten, truncate the first part of this episode, of not this episode, of the episodes, uh, so that we can just jump into the uh, discussion of, of things like, like Contagion. But anyway, we've uh, we got a couple hails coming in. And Andy, what's the first one? The first one, um, I'm sure people have commented on that Star Trek Discovery's TOS acronym is STD. <laughs> uh, whatever the case, because I was just looking and it says STD. And I was like, what's that? <laughs> um, this, uh, this is about the design of the ship's uniforms. Um, oh, wait, did I clip this? Mm-hmm. Andy, did he clip it? We don't know. I might have to give myself an oops. I did it again. Oops, Andy did it again. I think I I'm singing this a song. Anyway, this I asked him to gentleman do Fibo, hours ago. and I apologize. Uh, uh, I think he says this is nothing about the design of the ship's uniforms. He's saying that uh, he wasn't sure on Star Trek Discovery. Um, is even remotely reminiscent of the Star Trek universe, which is a shame because the story and characters would really work well if they were set in the Star Trek universe. After watching the first two episodes of STD, it seems to me that it is much closer in spirit to the rebooted Battlestar Galactica than Star Trek. But then BSG was apparently the, what Ron Moore wanted to do with DS9. So maybe yeah, STD. Yeah, with Voyager, actually. Oh, was it with well, Voyager? Maybe with both. But he was, like, he, was, he was very frustrated about Voyager. Did he uh, do Voyager too? He went over and did two episodes of Voyager and, oh, then, okay. and then left because he was annoyed that he they wouldn't let him get the ship dirty, and like he was like they won't let me have them run out of supplies, they won't let me have them do anything they should oh, be doing. See, I, I guess he did over. do it with Battlestar Galactica, yeah. but I would have loved to have seen him do more of that. On sure, I think they eventually kind of got there. Actually, it wasn't a ton of it, but uh, yeah, I've always loved Roger Moore. Roger Moore, Moore? I love Roger Moore and Ronald <laughs> D. Moore. Uh, eventually on Voyager, they got to a place where they dealt with r- really seriously impossible situations in a way that, uh, you know, certainly we haven't seen on Enterprise. Uh, no, not Enterprise. Uh, Next oh, We haven't yet. seen on Enterprise either. Don't worry about it. Um, but he says maybe Star Trek Discovery is, in a way, part of the natural evolution of Trek. The Orville, on the other hand, is clearly a tribute to classic Trek done by people who love classic Trek. Unlike uh, Discovery, watching the Orville feels like an episode of Star Trek. Halfway through watching the first episode of the Orville, my wife, who is a big DS9 and Voyager fan, said, wait, does this take place in the Star Trek timeline? Phoebo. Oh, wow. Um, Again, haven't seen Orville yet. I uh, have. I'm now uh, into the second episode. And uh, I'm going to say, and I'm not saying this because of Matt's association to the show, because you guys know. I ain't no, I ain't no corporate shill. He's not in the pocket of Big Rock. <laughs> um, not yet. I'm happy to take the money, though, and be a shill. Um, and uh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I'm not saying, you know, there weren't some character things that, uh, you know, that, that I'm waiting to see what they do with. But um, I really liked it a lot. So... There you go. That's all I have to say Sounds about like that. Sounds like Andy gave uh, Discovery a lot of Andys. Okay. Uh, as a lifelong Trekkie... This is from Noah. Let's say I was pretty excited when I found out my girlfriend was going to be a series regular on Discovery. When my mom, who is an even longer lifelong Trekkie, found uh, found out about his girlfriend being on Discovery, she cried for like 10 minutes and cried for an hour when we took her to the set. I was looking for a podcast to get me back into the ST mood, and this was absolute perfection. I joined the Admirals Club before there was a dang Admirals Club. Um, I don't know if the cussing is necessary, Noah. Well, Fast. listen, I swore on uh, After Trek, which I 
Oh hope, yes, hope you not were. To do again. You were called out on that many uh, times by a few people, <laughs> uh-huh. including myself. I don't know why my brain jumped there. It was terrible. Whatever. You're a salty individual. I they am. can't take it. Um, who's up at like eleven with their children anyway? <laughs> um, uh, fast forward to Myra saying he might be host. I got extremely excited. Thought he'd be a perfect fit with his combo of diehard yet tender love for the show and his endless Trek knowledge. Oh, by the way, my girlfriend plays Cadet Tilly. Do you know who she is yet? Mary oh, Wiseman will be on the show on oh, Sunday. Right, right. So, you know, give her the extra comfy chair. And Andy, I know all the singles on set, so I'd be happy to introduce you. <laughs> Try not to mention how sad, sad, sad you are. Everyone wins. Oh, that's good. Andy, don't mention life. how no. sad you are. Good thinking. Um, and then we have one voicemail from our friend... Uh, Livingston Picard. Oh my God, Livingston Picard. Picard's I can't wait to hear fish. from our little fish. Hey guys, this is Livingston Picard. I just wanted to say thank you, uh, Matt, and congratulations. You get to do this after show thing. <laughs> it's pretty dang cool, man. Uh, I remember watching you on the old uh, G4 days. Oh. I went and saw you a couple times to Star Trek. The, uh, oh yeah, predecessor to TNC, and uh, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. You deserve it, and uh, I look forward to watching the uh, after show. And uh, hope you like I'm it. I'm going to be tweeting every single thing I don't like about Discovery at you, and uh, hopefully there aren't that many. Hopefully it's awesome. And uh, Secunda, I think it is. I haven't seen much. Actually, I haven't seen much from Livingston on on the on the negative part. So that's interesting. No, I assume he's on board. Uh, um, and then we have uh, just a couple prime correctives, and then we're out of this. Time for a retrospective. Because truth is our objective. It's a prime corrective. Because Matt and he got it wrong. Um, first of all, you were correct, Matthew. Mm, that uh, we uh, We said that uh, Patty Edwards was Ursula in uh, the last episode. And then we corrected her, or we said that she was, yes, we said she was Ursula, and then we found out that she was Flotsam and Jetsam in The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And you said, oh boy, everybody's going to write us. And a bunch of people did, including Nick Milbretz <laughs> and Matthew Kirk. Did anybody write us, continue listening, and then and then say, oh, I should have kept listening? Absolutely. All right. Uh, our friend Matthew Kirk wrote, I just got to the part of last week's part podcast where you corrected the Patty Edwards voice role. And yes, I submitted it before the show was over. Damn you, Myra, <laughs> fist shake. Uh, he does add the uh, useful information. Uh, Patty Edwards also played Sylvia the year before on Cheers Season 6, Episode 13. Do you want me to say the title? Yeah, sure. Woody for Hire meets Norman of the Apes. I don't, I don't have a recollection of that. Season six? It's the first uh, Rebecca year. I don't watch that year very much. No? I don't. Um, Did you lose something, Andy? No. Okay. Uh, and, uh, folks, that's the... Um, those are the hails. Record time. Only 22 minutes to get to the episode. That is a record, I think. See, that'd be about five. Uh... We're talking about Contagion. This is episode uh, that aired the uh, it's production number one thirty seven. It aired March twentieth, nineteen eighty nine. Start at four two six zero nine point one. Andy, what was happening in the world? 
Well, U.S. radios were tuned to the living years by Mike and the Mechanics. Really? Yeah, didn't I tell you that before? Did you? Did we do <laughs> that? Didn't we have that you. last? Oh, you did? I didn't <laughs> see that. All right. I'm sorry, everybody. The living years. Here we go. By Mike and the Mechanics. I don't know how appropriate that is, because <laughs> it didn't take very long to pull the song. Nah, no, but I just wanted our $20 from that guy who said he'd pay us every time we played it. All right. Uh, UK audiences preferred Too Many Broken Hearts by Jason Donovan. J- Danielle Steele's Star was a bestseller. And Fletch Lives debuted at number one at the box office. Oh, wow. Oh, Fletch Lives. That was a terrible sequel. sequel yeah. <laughs> University of Utah scientists Stanley Pons and Martin Fleischman announced they had achieved cold fusion. About time. Major League, ba- Major League Baseball officials announced an investigation. Oh, man. Major League. <laughs> Are you all right, buddy? <laughs> I don't know. I think I might be having a stroke. Major League Baseball officials announced an investigation into Pete Rose's alleged gambling dealings the day before Sports Illustrated published a story that would lead to Rose's lifetime ban from baseball. Still banned. And lastly, the Exxon Valdez ran aground, spilling 200,000 barrels of oil on the southern coast of Alaska. These are the kind of this day in track I like. That's like, that's a juicy day that our friend Matthew Kirk had set up for us. Well, let me tell you, Mike and the Mechanics, can't believe this was number one. Not a fan. I mean, I like the little doggy in the music video, but that's it. <laughs> uh, all right, here we are. It's Contagion, everybody. Directed by Joseph Scanlon. Written by Steve Gerber and Beth Woods. Crossing the neutral zone to answer an SOS from the USS Yamato, the Enterprise arrives in time to see widespread computer malfunctions destroy its sister ship. When log tapes, tapes, from the Yamato <laughs> reveal that it its captain had tracked the mythical planet Iconia to this location, Picard as his ship retraced the Yamato's course, discovering the secrets of the extinct Iconian civilization would be worth risking an encounter with the Romulans. But after the same computer malfunctions begin to plague the Enterprise, LaForge realizes that an Iconian probe's energy burst infected the Yamato with a computer virus that rewrote the ship's control software. By downloading the Yamato's log, the Enterprise has now become infected as well. A desperate Picard beams down with Worf and Data to a control tower on a long-dead Iconia where they discover a time gateway. Their data becomes infected with the Iconian virus as well. Meanwhile, the crew is forced to raise shields and strand an away team when a Romulan ship suddenly attacks the Enterprise, but Riker soon learns that the enemy vessel is also crippled by the virus. Picard decides to, const- to destroy the control tower and the remaining Iconian probes, but first returns Data and Worf to the Enterprise through a time gateway. It's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, once Data arrives back on board the ship, his self-correcting functions uh, eradicate the Iconian virus in his system. That reminds LaForge that the ship's computers have the same capability. The Enterprise regains transporter compatibility, I'm sorry, capability, in time to rescue Picard from the planet below. The Romulans, of course, offer no thanks for the virus cure that saves them as well. Classic Romulans. Oh, boy, Romulans. It's the Romulans, isn't it? Romulans. And here we are, guys. Captain's Log. Captain's Log, Stardate 42609.1. In response to a desperate plea from my old friend, Captain Donald Varley of the USS Yamato, I am running a grave risk by taking the Enterprise into the neutral zone. 
Bali's request was prompted by dangerous malfunctions which have been plaguing our sister ship. Perhaps with both crews working together, we can eliminate the problems before our presence is detected by the Romulans. What are your thoughts watching this for the first time? Um, you know, I, you're on board for this problem? The issue. Well, yes, I think I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I think I was confused a little bit when you get into protocol issues with what the captain of Yamato was doing and his choices. Uh, Interestingly. Breaking the neutral zone treaty? Very similar, ironically, to the plots in Discovery this week. How? They're, they're going into the Romulan neutral zone? They were in the neutral zone. Uh, the Klingon neutral space. zone. No, wasn't the They were in Federation space. Oh, they were in Federation space. They were out checking a beacon. Oh, right. That had had a hole blown in it by a Klingon. <laughs> Why was the Klingon thing there? Uh, I assume he had put it there. Oh, he just placed it there. Yeah. To start the war. Yeah. I see. That was his goal. Well, nonetheless, uh, there is a lot of stuff about, well, listen, should you listen. engage the uh, the enemy or not? Takuma had his reasons. And his, uh, yeah, all right, well, whatever. Um, uh, but I really enjoyed this episode. And I really, you know, a lot of forward movement, a lot of action. I feel like the teasers and all the act breaks were great. Yeah, uh, let's take a look here at the... Uh can I just ask before you move on? Yeah, sure. The um, we've dealt with the Yamato before, right? Was that Riker's original ship? No, it was the Repulse. What was what was the Yamato? We've seen the Yamato before. Was it the was same the Yamato captain? And the, no. What was it? The Naked Now. Remember when the other ship, the other Galaxy class ship, was affected? Yeah. That was, was the, that Yamato? the Yamato? I don't know. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> and they were just like, Ugh, all these idiot drunk people. We could just got just re-outfit it with a bunch of other people. <laughs> Uh, USS Yamato is in, according to Memory Alpha, mm -hmm. it's in the one episode. Just the one episode? I know it's been referred to in other episodes because... Yeah, I mean, you see it when they're talking about other Galaxy-class uh, ships. But, oh, yeah. But, uh, no, I remember this because we... We definitely, okay, well, maybe it was just another reference to another ship and nothing happened with it. Because I know that I brought up Star Blazers when it came up before. I think we talked about the Yamato. Out that it was not derived from that. Uh, in Where Silence Has Lease, Riker visually identified an item from the hull of Nagalim's reproduction and stated it to be NCC-1305E. When the Yamato was listed as a starship deploy status in the measure of a man, its registration had changed to NCC-24383. And then uh, on the captain's log, the schematic identifies it as NCC-71807. These guys really would be irritating the Canaanites. In the exploding saucer section model of Contagion, the registry was actually NCC-71806. NCC Here's an anti-theory coming at you. Oh, boy. All of these versions are different dimensions. Oh, Andy's theory is that the Yamato's uh, Iconian uh, virus actually never cured its time leaping capabilities that's were, right were born right or or dimension leaping oh boy andy great theory thanks pal <laughs> thank you model, sir. In time. Out of your way. <laughs> donald what's a nice starfleet captain like you doing at a place like this wink wink nudge good to see you again john luke despite your antique humor i only hope your people are able to help us malfunctions are becoming serious 
We lost an engineering team. The computer shut down. A force field in an open shuttle bay. Eighteen people. Do you have any idea what caused this? Sorry, I made that None. joke earlier. I didn't realize all this stuff was going on. You know what I really liked on on um, Discovery? Yeah, was the ethical protocols of the computer. Oh, do they not have that later? I've never seen it. Oh, interesting. I liked it. Yeah, I really liked it. Again, protocols. <laughs> protocols. You are real. You're a real protocol queen, Matt Myra. <laughs> Why do you think it, you're drawn to it? I don't know. I don't know. I like order. You know, you're someone... I live in chaos, but I like order. But you're someone who, you know, you enjoy... You enjoy, enjoy taking the jabs at your superiors. Yeah, but I like a chain of command. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Imagine if... You'd be someone who wants to be heard, but you would obey the command. Of course. Right. I mean, I think you witnessed that at work. Right. I mean, you witnessed some jabbing, sure. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when we have to do something, we do it. Sure. Because that's what a good crew does. Yeah, I guess the question is, do you are you the kind of person who would disobey orders when you think the captain... Is uh is endangering? I don't know. It's like I get to like go from being like a captain uh-huh. at Sidekick with Matt Myra, right? And I and I head over to the Goldbergs where I'm like a lieutenant junior grade, right? And then I get to go over to After Trek where I'm like what are a you visiting then? dignitary. <laughs> well, at After Trek, you're <laughs> not really having. Yeah, I think so. I'm, I'm like a I'm like given full uh, diplomatic status where like they give me a nice quarters and 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 sit me wherever I want to be sat but I'm really not in charge of anything and then you know uh, on the podcasts I, I like to think of myself as the captain of the podcast with many first officers including my lovely wife Dory oh Dory by the way did the voice of our computer in the uh, sketch she had just heard Major egg. Barrett's voice so she did some for the very sort of first time Major Barrett seconds before Andy and decided it would be job. a great idea to play the original series Majel Barrett jittery computer voice. I couldn't find the other. So it was a terrible supercut of her voice. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're back. Anyway, she did it. That was job. a long discussion to show about what I like about protocol and the fact that I get to live in and out of many protocols. Yes. All right. Oh, by the way, you you uh, you made a, a snide comment when I said, how many of these episodes, seems like every episode, starts with a staticky transmission or something interfering with the transmission. And I said not a lot of them do. And, and this one does, too. And here we are there with one. Go. That's true. Andy, you, you, got a great, you got a great eye for stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> Andy's Common Complaints. I thought that was the audio of the episode. No. That's a common complaint of yours? I feel like you're just well, like trying to retcon that into a common complaint. Well, I made it at least once. <laughs> Whether you want to call that com- common anyway, or not. Anyway, let's, let's, let's hear the Yamato blow up. Very good. Donald, your transmission is breaking up. Mr. Data, try and clean that up. Sir, there is an energy buildup in the Yamato's engineering section. Yamato, this is the Enterprise. Yamato, come in. Great theme there. Captain, magnetic seals in the antimatter chamber are decaying. Captain! Donald, come in! Shields up. Sir. 
love it. That is awesome. Just Sensors burns away the hull so for no great. reason. Great. great music. The disc on the sister ship just melts away. Another vessel is coming within sensor range. It is Romulan. And the Romulans appear, and I that's mean, our teaser. That's a hat on a hat, but okay. Oh, that ain't it. That is that is a <laughs> that is a uh, a feather in a hat. I say it's a feather in a cap. That is a that is a teaser, my friend. That is what I want to see in Star Trek: The it Next Generation. The, it might be the best teaser we've had. Oh, I think hands down so far. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, there certainly would have been opportunities for it, like with data. You know, you know? The other thing I liked in Discovery. What's that? This is peppered throughout. I don't know how, if people are going to be annoyed by this. Please let us know, and we will stop doing this. But um, I liked when the uh, ship is in battle, yeah. and, and and part of its hull gets blown away. Uh-huh. That the force fields immediately. That come is up, great. Which you knew existed. Yeah. You know, you knew that that's what happened in on a ship i mean you even see it you see it really well in um i guess the best example of it visually that everybody remembers is the enterprise b getting the front of it blown off and scotty and uh chekov and uh captain harriman coming down and looking in 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 the generations Uh uh-huh remember where mm-hmm. like was anybody down there? I, and then they all go down. I don't. And then it pulls that. back, and yeah. they're standing at the oh, that's pretty Deflector great. dish, but all exposed to space. Anyway. Is the concept? Maybe you don't know this. Is the concept that it breaks through the shields and then emergency shields come up? Or I mean, theoretically, wouldn't it not be able to damage the ship if it hadn't gotten through the shield yet? What do you mean? Are those interior? Shields? What are those shields from? Those aren't shields. Those are force fields. Force fields. I see. Yeah. So it broke through the ship. But I it didn't assume break through that the, force the hull. Right. I, th- I assume a... that the hull has nano emitters throughout it. Gotcha. Of force. So it's fields. like an interior force field inside the shields. Yeah. Gotcha. Inside yeah. the shields with within the hull. Within the hull. Yeah. Which makes sense. I thought it was totally radical. Really great. I like that. Me too. Okay. We're done. We gotta stop. We gotta figure out if people want us to be talking about discovery or not. They do. I don't. I know. think they. Pr- I don't know if they're my watching. Argument. People are probably gonna. I bet they we're gonna have a few, few emails. Be like, this is uh, next channel. It's possible. Uh, well, feel free to sound off. I'm I sure didn't you mean guys to do will. That impression of you, sir, uh, or, or <laughs> madam. <laughs> Somebody in that car listens. Hey, I don't sound like that. Oh, I don't sound like that. <laughs> well, you do. <laughs> but but I know I do. Oh wait a minute, I do sound like that. No response from the Romulan vessel. Armed phases and prepare to lock on target. Did they attack the Yamato? Worf should have been like, already did it, sir. <laughs> Worf, you know, they're Romulans. <laughs> Just covering our bases, sir. All their weapon systems have been fully activated. Still no response. Worf is pretty chill in this vessel. episode, given what's going this on. This is Captain yeah. Jean-Luc Picard of the USS Enterprise. Maybe it's because it's an actual uh. battle situation. Explain your illegal so presence you in the neutral zone. So loved her so much as a, as a Vulcan lady. Do you love her so much as a Romulan lady? I don't. <laughs> it's not a good look for her. Susie, Susie, what Sus- was her name? Susie, uh, Susie. Plaxen? Susie, that sounds right. This um, is her, correct? I'm not crazy. I don't know. Oh, I can tell you right now, Larry no. Namachek's book's going to give us all the answers of guest cast. 
And nope, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why she doesn't look as good. Well, I mean, to that point, you like a lady Vulcan. Do you like a lady Romulan? I guess a radi- lady Romulan is just not not as much my taste. I like uh, the Bajorans, and sure. I uh, yeah. and I dig the Vulcans. And I liked the uh, I like Michael's ha- Vulcan haircut. Not not when it was full on Vulcan, when it was sort of mid ground between Vulcan and Oh, Michael Burnham. Michael Burnham. What did I say? Again, I thought we were talking about the great uh television program, Star Trek the Next Generation. I wish you guys would shut up about uh Now we're really gonna irritate <laughs> people because I'm gonna ask you, is there a reason why her name is Michael? And can you ask? I think that's a Brian Fuller move. I think uh-huh. he likes to give female characters male names. I see. Right? Gotcha. I don't know. I never it seems like it is, right? Before, yeah. I mean, I could see like that in the future names would become genderless. So yeah, I think that's part of it too. Also, I don't mind the name a baby named Michael, like a little baby girl named Michael. Sure. I wonder if we could do that. Dory. <laughs> this is gonna be a no. <laughs> We're gonna find out. I think it's a no because of Jews. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What if we named? What if we had a baby girl and we named her Michael? Why not? Your brother's name Michael. Wouldn't that be a nice tribute to your brother? Because of the Jew thing. Is this the Jew thing? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Guys, no, um, no. We're, we're still working on finding that Star Trek name that Dory doesn't know comes from Star Trek. and uh, I'm just going to throw something out. Yeah. Yep. How about yep. Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I. What's well, that? Andy Myra? What do you think, Dory? Andrew Myra, it's got Andrew a lot you Myra. can do. All right. Andrew Myra, someone will get bullied named Andrew? My middle name's Morgan. Oh, that's another M. Damn it. Can't do Morgan Myra. What do you mean? That's great. I know, it's a good sounding name, but my best friend John McDonough named his daughter Morgan. So. I can't do it. Ugh. Mm-mm-mm. Morgan's out, Zoe's out. Mm hmm. And uh, how about Yamato Myra? <laughs> you probably don't want to name it after a ship that was destroyed in this credit. Yamato Myra. <laughs> That's a crazy name. <laughs> and I can't do Adeline because my other best friend Joe named his daughter Adeline. So I'm like out of like they took a lot. They took three good names. Adeline for girls. is a good name. Adeline Myra. You want to go with that that rhythmic scheme if you can. I bet you. Which rhythmic scheme? Adeline. Yeah, listen to it. It's like a great, it's like an opening theme almost. Lieutenant Myra. Honey, what if we name the child Lieutenant? Okay. All right. What about Lieutenant Junior Grade? Yes. Wow, Andy, I didn't think she'd go for it, but she did. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going on. What, what's going on here? I don't know. to occur. Explain. Okay. In the event of a breach of seal integrity, there's an emergency release system which dumps the antimatter. Apparently, this. such a dump began, was then halted, and the containment seals were dropped. <laughs> there was still sufficient antimatter. This describes me going to the bathroom at work. <laughs> Yeah. Someone comes in. <laughs> Someone comes in. You, the seals. It's halted. <laughs> You're waiting. <laughs> I apologize to everyone. 
destined to lead to an explosion. That was reminiscent of the sketch. <laughs> I feel like that sketch so was much was classier no than that. The weapon was used. <laughs> no, sir. None. However it happened, the Yamato did it to herself. Theorize. <laughs> Classic Yamato. What could have caused such a catastrophic malfunction? Well, I think Captain Varley may have been right. There may be a design flaw. In a galaxy-class starship? Yes, sir. It's the most sophisticated piece of machinery ever built. Something could have been overlooked. Knowing where the flaw is located, can you isolate the problem? And... Matt. Matt. Yes. Gibson Myra. Uh, she said no. You already asked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about Ensign Gibson. I was thinking about Gibson Les Paul. <laughs> I know you were. That's what I was saying. It was We're a double-edged, edged, double-edged name. Psych. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> you, you got a double-edged rejection. It's a <laughs> pop culture name, sucker. Hi. Well, any personnel you use. Love you. Bye. <laughs> Dory's looking at us askance. And I assume we've earned it. Well, let's hear what... Uh, What's going on with uh, the logs of the Yamato? Captain Picard now gets to watch personal logs. What do you think of this? Uh, you gotta like know. You gotta know, right? So you're if not you're saying a, if anything. If you're a captain, you're, you're not, like, you're someone going. eventually is going to pull these personal logs. Right. <laughs> so if you're telling stories about how I was taking a dump yesterday, <laughs> or, and oh boy. <laughs> or if you're telling stories about, so I was breaking huge Federation <laughs> protocol. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I do wonder when they break the Prime Directive, are they like, well, I did this. What are you going to do? I'm out in space. I don't know. It's crazy. Do they send? They must send them back, right? There must be some the kind logs, of... The captain's logs all go back. Some kind of package. What do they call it when they send it back? A log. In Voyager. A, I don't remember oh, what they call it. Oh, they send back a, a buoy, right? Like a... Yeah, like a some kind of name for it. Downloading our logs and... Eh, whatever. Yeah. Beacon? What was this? Maybe. Yeah. All these things. Legit. I'm like a caveman confronted by a tricorder. I'm certain this device is Iconian, but how far did it travel before it was abandoned on this alien world? Personal log. A galactic Rosetta Stone. The star fields on the artifact were unintelligible until I took into account 200 millennia of stellar drift. After that, it was easy to pinpoint Iconia. My first officer is questioning the wisdom of my order to violate the neutral zone. Probably should have neck pinched you. <laughs> but I'm convinced that I've taken the only proper course. Should this advanced technology fall into the hands of the Romulan, we might as well dock our ships and defend ourselves with sticks. Ooh. Personal log. We've been spotted by a Romulan cruiser, but after playing hide and seek through several solar systems, I think I've managed to elude them. Their captain must have been as dumb as my old friend Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he'll never hear this. <laughs> that dumb, bald motherfucker. You know, that guy, every time we went out for dinner, he never picked up the check. Not once. Uh, uh, come. <laughs> <laughs> but it never yeah, stopped me from being broke. in love with him. Anyway. Scan. Was it an attempt at communication? If only I knew what we were dealing with here. Personal log. 
I'm unable to send an away team to the surface of Iconia, nor can I scan the energy source on the planet because of these maddening systems failures. It's infuriating to be stopped at the threshold of a dream by one's own ship. We're leaving orbit to rendezvous with Picard. If his people can't help us repair the Yamato, I must convince him to continue this exploration. I gotta say, I thought this guy was great as a sort of just co-star captain. Most of the captains that are kind of come in are, I'm a little bit, I'm like, you're not, you're not a person who could be in command. Right. And this guy bought it. He has a, he has a gravity to him. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I played my trumpet loud there. (laughs) (laughs) Matt loves to play his trumpet. (laughs) Him and his bone. (laughs) Wesley's scared. Sir? May I speak with you a moment? Yes, of course. Last week I made out with a with a gas creature. Now we got a chance to talk to you about <laughs> it. I know you told me not to oh, see her a number of times, but uh, it's I mean, about the Iconians, sir. <laughs> I was told they were just. I a meant myth. that gas. <laughs> China was thought to be a myth until Marco Polo traveled there. You get real punchy no, after real. after nine thirty. <laughs> we know that three. Systems within this sector had a number of cultural similarities, similarities which could only be explained by there being a single unifying influence. So they colonized those worlds? Probably conquered. You mean they were warlike? Perhaps. Ancient texts did speak of demons of air and darkness. Air and darkness? Legend has it that they traveled without the benefit of spaceships merely appearing out of thin air on distant planets. Sounds like magic. Well, well magic. We would appear magic. I disagree. It sounds like ADR. <laughs> How um, did you find all this out? Yes, Andy. I love this stuff and they've they've di- dipped into I was trying to figure out what was the what was the episode where they go down Oh, I think it was with the kids, right? Um, when the bow breaks? Bow. When the bow breaks. Wow, you're still breaks. saying that. Amazing. I got, a, I got a real problem. You wouldn't know that. Andy had me edit it out the last time. When the bow breaks. But now I'm talking about it, which makes it probably annoying for me to have to edit now again. Or uh, you're okay with it. Uh, well, now I don't. Uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it afterwards. No, it's not me. I'm not editing it. Uh, I know. She she can edit it out. <laughs> or she just leaves it. When is the... Uh, Andy, it's adorable. You know how I always mispronounce names like Fecunda? <laughs> or Spicoli. <laughs> I have a problem. Yeah, me too. I see words differently. Look, you're I, not even reading it. <laughs> I am. I'm looking at the screen. No, but before that, once you read it, you said it correctly. Once I read it, I said it correctly. Yeah. What do you mean? When we were talking about the episode that it was, you said when the when you you said when the bow breaks without having read it, and then you read it and you said when the bow breaks. I changed it from bow to bow. You, yeah, you did. Oh wow! So I went. You, I started your, your correct, brain, and then I reversed it. Your brain, no, your brain incorrectly identified it. Then you read it and correctly read it. No, I read it incorrectly. Yeah. Well, Andy, and I tried I, to save you, but he's yeah. a real dumb dumb. Bo, what do you think? That's um, right. I'm talking about my dog, Bo, not Bow. That is one of the only edits we've ever made on the podcast. And I was like, oh, I just feel so stupid because I can't say words. We also went into We edited a huge chunk out last week where Andy get, like kept on talking about how much he liked babies. 
That's not true. And I was like, well, I mean, I get it. I know that you like babies, but people are going to think that you like babies. <laughs> We're cutting this whole section out. <laughs> well, we can't. <laughs> yes, we can. It's hilarious. It's not hilarious. It's oh, just late. And you don't know the difference. We also cut that other part out where we talked about how much money he's donated to Trump. It's it's <laughs> just crazy. I just don't understand why he has me cut these things out. You're a terrible person. I am. Anyway, on when the something breaks... And when the bow breaks, Um, the child episode. Yes, they 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 also have 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 children anymore, right? But my point is, they started that one with a really cool, like, ooh, it's a mythological planet, and this one's even better the way they build it up. Except in that one, it all falls to shit as soon as they get to the planet, and this one is still cool. Oh yeah, they have that giant uh, computer supercomputer system thing. Yeah, that was made out of razor blades. And I think the and there's like some, as usual, Star Trek like genius system that has you know been running the planet forever. Yeah. Um, and in this one, as usual, is this uh, Andy's common complaint? I think it is. They 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 had it. They done it all the time in old Trek, and I feel like they've already done it at least three times in this show. Um, Anyway, my point is, I feel like they really are doing it well with the Iconians and uh, and the um, and just setting up the mythology and and not knowing whether they're warlike or not. And I just think it's really cool whether they were conquerors. Mandy thinks everything's cool. I don't think everything's Early cool. Early symptoms of cool. what happened to the Yamato. Engineering. The forge. You don't see the There's word bow very much, Matt. No, you literally only see it in the in, this in the phrase. context of when the bow breaks. Yeah, you bow. Never, yeah, you never see it when the bow breaks. Why I would mean, that be bow? It. It's B O U G H, isn't it? But is it in reference to the ship? Ba- oh, is that the way bow is spelled? I think it's or spelled differently. Stern. Yeah, whatever. So I think I would problems. know it if it was. You're making it impossible sir, to edit. I can't by eliminate the way. one. Word. I know. If you want it edited. I guess we should leave it in. <laughs> um, I'll take my lumps. Mm. I don't know how to say words. I have a problem. Also, it was the only I, edit I, I ever asked I for. I made up the whole other... Everything else Andy was edit, asking to edit out. I, I made that all up. Bow. Yeah. Front end of the boat is spelled B-O-W. B-O-W so yeah. you know what, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, we keep saying dauphin when it's dauphin. Wait. No, it wasn't. It was something else. You said it differently last week. No, it's dof- dauphin. Right, Dauphin. Dauphin, no. Dauphin. <laughs> right. Is, it's is this an actual thing? It's a French word. Right, Dory knew it her. immediately. She did. Yeah, she's smarter than us. She's well, two I, master's I, degrees. That I know. I'm looking Dauphin. at how to pronounce it. Dauphin. Dauphin. Oh, just get to it. Dauphin. Dauphin. Well, we were both off. Dauphin. Dauphin. Don. Oui. Dauphin. I've been reviewing the Yamato's log, and I think that alien probe may have had something to do with her problems. How? I need to see the thing. If it was the probe, that explains the Yamato. But how do you account for the difficulties the Enterprise is experiencing? I can't. Lieutenant, there are problems likely to attain the seriousness of those on the Yamato. If you're asking for speculation, I'd say yes, sir, they are. I need time. Mr. LaForge, time is one thing we do not have in abundance. I got I got head cream though. <laughs> we got a lot of head cream. <laughs> got chocolate mousse. Found that out in the last episode. 
much as you want. Analysis, Mr. Data. Scanning, sir. Uh, it's brown. Round. It's a planet. Well, Mr. Data. No lifeform reading, sir. All major cities have been heavily damaged, and the pattern of destruction is that consistent with large-scale orbital bombardment. He's still chill. How long ago? Approximately 200,000 years, sir. There is an energy source in the mountains of the smaller continent. Magnify. Well, is that Iconia? That's not as close as I would have liked to have gotten. Captain it Vaughan, just looks like a mountain. <laughs> Did you see that? Captain, projectile launch from the planet's surface. Oh, it's the probe coming up. Its yeah. size and composition match the probe which scanned the Yamato, sir. Shields up. Prepare a tractor beam. Mr. LaForge. Seems like a dangerous move. I'm going to move. assist you in your research. A probe has been launched from Iconia. Oh, you know what's weird? To capture it. What? They have the same thing uh, in uh, in the Orville. A couple of weeks ago, where uh, one of the characters is just like, "Oh, there's a thing. I don't know what it is. Put a tractor beam on it. And pull it into the. Put it into the. Uh, the Sh docking the bay. bay. Yeah. The shuttle bay. And even as an amateur, I was like, this seems like a bad idea. And here Picard is doing it too. Oh boy, Captain. Come on. Don't be a dumb dumb. And while we're on the topic of being a dumb dumb, of being a dumb dumb, should we be on the topic of Lavar Burton's amazing acting? He's really good in this I one. No, what about his turbo, his turbo lift acting? Oh yes. Do you? You didn't buy it? I thought he was good. Oh, I mean, he's trying his heart out. It's. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. I'm sure it's the hardest acting he's ever done on this set on this show. I think for the time. Look at him. I mean, he's going for it. I was buying it. That was a little bit much. He finds his visor. He's going to run to the bridge. It's amazing. I think it just shows you how many G-forces the turbo lift has. Not sure what would have happened. That would have thrown him out of the elevator. Turbo lift. Target faces. Finally. <laughs> Gonna pew, blow pew. the shit out of that. Fire. That was the best Welcome part of my bridge, day. Mr. LaForge. <laughs> Thank you, sir. If that thing hadn't managed to scan us, we never would have had any chance of saving the Enterprise. This is a little bit. I like this is a that, little though, bit because it's faster. It's going to be faster if the... Yamato, if rather than it coming from the Yamato logs, if it's coming directly from the probe, I think he's correct. That's the argument. It seems like a little bit of a writing cheat. <sighs> Andy, why can't you just accept that it's great? I do love this episode. Uh, oh, you, so uh, my question was going to... Do you want to say your thing? No. My question was going to be, so, so the Yamato blows up. Yeah. They know it has something to do with this planet. And then Picard's like, hmm, what should I do? What to do? Okay, let's go exactly where they were. I think it, it is a little bit of a character leap you're making, um, but it's also, it 
the, I mean, theoretically, makes, they're building it on that. Oh, well, yeah, maybe there's a technology past, there. Also, they're building it on their past relationship. Like, he seems to implicitly trust this man. Yeah. So, I think that that well, part... Let me raise the larger issue. Oh I don't understand the Romulan neutral zone rules. Like, they can just go in? No. It's a zone that is neutral. It's a buffer between the Romulan space and Federation But no space. one's supposed to be in there, No one right? is supposed to cross the neutral and, zone. And um, why does Varley not need to uh, clear it with Starfleet? I mean, he should. He's completely breaking the rules here. Uh-huh. So that's I just, what I think. I just feel like it's weird, weird behavior. It sounds like Matt's standard defense to me. I don't know the how you can like this apart. when it's they're I've breaking protocol, Matt. Emergency calls scattered across twelve decks. My trauma teams are being run ragged trying to respond. Bio beds. Doctor Pulaski. Yes. I got a problem here. The knitter isn't working. Uh, try a splint. Doctor. Splint. It's a very ancient concept. You take two flat pieces of wood or plastic, a bandage. The broken Ancient. limb is kept immobile. That's crazy. That's not practicing medicine. Oh, yes, <laughs> it is. It's a that time-honored way to practice medicine with your head just and your heart. Just blatant insubordination. That's crazy, Superior. I also think that, like, they would be very well trained in emergency medicine like that. Like, mm. if they're ever in a shuttle accident or something and they don't have a medical tricorder or anything like that. They should know how to make a splint. I agree. I feel like everyone at Starfleet takes probably basic first aid, right? You would think. I mean, unless it's like so, like technology is so advanced at this point that they're not even bothering. But they should plan for all situations. Right. It's Starfleet. I I suppose it's like, although I won't even say that. Like, I feel like doctors now know how to use leeches if they have to. You know what I mean? Which is like an, you know, an old sort of. Do they really use it? If they had to, they'd know to like the leech will eat the infection or something. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> you know. They're using cupping again, and that was long gone. I love cupping. Have you done cupping? No. Oh. I like to. Never mind. What? Try what? bypass. You talking about a sex thing? <laughs> no, no, go. Let me see if I can directly access the master program. What do you think of Data's reaction there? When he throws LaForge and he goes like this. Oh, yeah. That seemed completely like... Crazy, right? Yeah, just like... Oh, I would on. describe that as a horrible acting choice. You think it was... Well, let's find out. Do you think it was a spiner acting choice? Let's yes. find out if it was a spiner acting choice or oh, if it was... Oh, had to be. Had to be. I'm going to look it up. You can move on and I'll let you know. Sounds good. You will lead it? Yes. Sir, we've had this conversation a hundred times. And we will have it again, number one. I have been studying the Arconian since I was a cadet. I have to be the one to go. The Enterprise is yours. I just... that This makes me think about how different this show would have been if it was built like the original series where the captain was constantly going on away team missions. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I, I just kind of like... I find it interesting. I wonder what it would be like. Like if it would be more of a Kirk, Spock, McCoy thing. What do you mean? You know, where you're building off relationships of people that are always on away team missions. Huh. Because, you know, the standard 
original series away team mission was Kirk, Spock, and Bones, and a red shirt and maybe Chekhov. I mean, technically, if you really want to follow the logic, it shouldn't even be the first officer that's down there. Um, yeah, but I think they've sort of built that into Star Trek now, uh, Starfleet bullshit. Well, sure, that's part of canon now, but I just don't, don't think it makes any sense. It's like if you're going on, an, if you have a, sh- a battle cruise, you're going on an island that you know you gotta investigate you would send a you know whatever a special team of people that are i think you'd send the first officer or the captain i wonder what the reality is of that if you're if you're in the navy let us know let Let us us know know what it's like when you're exploring archer islands all right here's what it says archer islands his fingers fly across the keypads suddenly the console passes a powerful electric shock into geordie freezing him into the the console data pulls geordie off the console Feels for a throat pulse. There is no... Jordy's already recovering and fends him off, which is a strange direction. Um, uh, also, by the way... Yeah? I think the... I think Brent Spiner's reaction is ridiculous. Yes. But LeVar Burton's performance, which I don't think he played... I feel like he loves a... He loves a... I'm saying when he lands, oh, when, when he, he dead says and lands, he does the uh, what does he say? He oh, says, thank you, Data. I noticed, up. right? Thanks, Data. I noticed. I thought that was amazing. Life support. That was solid that was Star Trek funny. comedy. That was very funny. Uh, that was very funny. You're right. Uh, I think and it was actually. Uh, I want to hear that straight through. Atypically underplayed. Any answer would be mere speculation. This is yet another example of how our actions have random results. Thanks, Data. I noticed. <laughs> By the way, it's written, Thank you, Data, I noticed. And I think LeVar Burton made the correct comedic choice to shorten it to thanks. Yeah. 100%. 40%. 10%. <laughs> <laughs> our shields are dropping! <laughs> uh, this is Commander William Riker, first officer of the USS so Enterprise. Enterprise is really starting Why to Why did you attempt to fire on us? This is Sub-Commander Taris of the Harkona. Why have you penetrated deeper into the neutral zone? Why are you still here? I have claimed this planet for the Romulan Empire. This is the neutral zone. No one can claim anything. You will withdraw, or I will be forced to destroy your ship and your away team. It's cloaking. Now it's not cloaking. The hell? That was also hilarious. I will not. The what the hell? I love that the cl- that the Romulans are like, well, we're going to you know, screw you, we're out of here, and then they start to cloak, and then they don't cloak. It's like storming out of a room, and then the door doesn't open. It's amazing. <laughs> and he finds this to be the best episode of Star Trek he's ever seen. I really like it. By the way, um, where where are you? Like you're you're way past like fifteen, right? Yeah, way past. Um, just to just to, to go back for a second, the um, the scene when Wesley walks in, which is insane, to talk to Picard, and I was like, to the degree where which I was we like, played, but Andy somehow didn't bring this up. Continue. I, I'm sorry, I was thinking about other things. Um, uh, I thought like, well, he's possessed by a doppelganger. It's like there must be something or something's happening. But then I realize he's flipped out by the deaths of the other crew and they have a really serious discussion yes. of it because it's the first time he experienced it. I think that's great. We talked about how it was all ADR sounded like. Well, maybe it needed that. Never did speak right. of I was thinking about the mythological planet demons stuff. Demons of air and darkness. 
air and darkness? Legend has it that they traveled without the benefit of spaceships. That'd be a cool they name. Which one? Air and Darkness. Air <laughs> and Darkness, Myra? Air <laughs> and Darkness, Myra. I think I have more of a chance of getting Jean-Luc Picard, Myra. <laughs> Communications are bound to be erratic. May I ask, at uh, 1630, is that the first time we hear Earl Grey hot? hot. I th- it feels like it is to me, right? So he doesn't even get it. You got to play that. Guess we do have to play that. That's right. Normally, he doesn't get it the first time. Normally, I would say, Andy, we're so far ahead of that. I, I don't think we're gonna play it. But we're gonna play it. What is Troy doing, by the way? Fails to move us. See you, Mark. As you will be. T. L. Gray, hot. But there it is. First time. First time for tea, oh, gray hot. It's the greatest drink in the galaxy. That's my Earl Grey song. I try to sell it to Jingle, you know, to like Bigelow Tea. I'm like, I call them up. I'm like, hey, I got this great Earl Grey jingle. You guys should use it. And then so far, no one's returned my calls. If you'd like to turn that into an MP3, it can be another purposeless MP3. sound cue. <laughs> What is Troy doing in this? Nothing. Nothing. I think she grabs Riker's arm earlier when she's frightened. Yeah. Your original hypothesis is correct. Iconian is the parent tongue of a language family which consists of Ichabar, Diwan, and Danassian. I've constructed a basic working understanding through a comparison of common root words, such as mother, father, child, home, tribe, food, life, death, yours, ours, mine. Data, data, data. You do understand, sir, that my interpretation of the symbols will not be exact. Yes. Let's get on with it. This would appear to be manual override. That was not manual override. More comedy. That one I don't like as much. So demanding. Um. By the way, yes. Donald Varley is played by Thalmus Rasulala. That's a good name, Thalmus. His birth name, Jack Crowder. <laughs> nice. So he really upgraded. He was in The Incredible Hulk, Lou Grant, Kojak, The Jeffersons. What's happening? Roots with uh, LeVar. Uh, good Times. A lot, of, a lot of sitcoms. Any great oldies? Uh, what what the hell is this? What do you mean, what is what? There's a show called Khan in 1975 with an exclamation point. <laughs> oh, my God. It has nothing to do with Star Trek. Chinese-American private detective Khan investigates crimes. Is it spelled K-H-A or K-A-H-N? It's K-H-A-N exclamation point. Like, yeah. Khan, this is crazy. It's probably hard to Google. Oh, man. i got to get a poster for that. Nobody yeah. steal those posters if there's only one left. <laughs> Quick. Andy only has a week to follow through on this. I'm never going to get to that. (laughs) But the probe was hostile. We can't make that assumption. The effect on the Yamato was devastating. But what if it was by accident, not by design? 
what I'm going to say may sound unscientific, but standing on this soil, breathing in this air, my instincts tell me that we may have got them wrong. But we do know the Iconians were conquerors. But that knowledge was passed down by the descendants of those who attacked this world. The this victors invariably write the history to their own advantage. There is an unfortunate tendency in many cultures to fear what they do not understand. It's possible that their enemies, confronted by this technology, were driven to attack the Iconians out of fear. Sir. Didn't like that. Was this. that really the Enterprise? You didn't like this? I didn't. I, I mean, was. I thought it was really cool, and I loved. I loved yeah. it, but I didn't like that it was basically right out of City on the Edge Forever. For Forever, City on the Edge of Forever. My favorite forever. subtle thing here is is Worf's having the timing down, just observing it. Yes, and going like more what Worf should be. Yeah, yeah. We have a way home, Captain. There is a vast underground power source which is controlled by this console. I believe my triggering of the gateway has caused a dramatic upsurge in the power level. Ah, I have access. Oh shit. No hope of deciphering the program. Sorry, it's Oregon. Fine. <laughs> you can't the Enterprise podcast, Matt. How long is the interval? About four minutes, if the cycle holds. The next time the Enterprise appears, I like it. go through it with data. Geordi will be able to learn from him, maybe help him. Sir, we have not yet established that that is truly a gateway. This will be the test. Aye, sir. I like that. I like that Worf's like, all right, you're ordering me to do something where I might die. All right. Yeah. Aye, sir. He's pretty cool. Yeah. There. What what time are you up to? I just jumped a little bit. Where I'm at uh, 28 or so. Right. You're I skipping mean, not, over notes not, I have. Not 28. Uh, Andy, uh, your notes are meaningless to me. Uh, I, not I, when I'm trying I to breeze through this in, so I inside, can continue uh, to watch the episode of Discovery I have to watch. You now you're just taunting the rest of us with your right. advanced copy. I see it early. All right. Let me just say this. Uh, at 24.50, you guys can look it up yourself. Uh, O'Brien is doom and gloom about the tan- transport again. <laughs> That was really funny. Um, well, hang on. I don't know. It's I don't know if it's exactly I think that. it's worth it. Call a meanie. Oh, never mind. I can't find it because Andy's timing is off. It probably is. And at around 2544, that's when uh, Troy is holding Riker's arm in a shot, which I thought was... You know, she should the be. energy source, and for the moment, this baby's working. But that could change in an instant. We're aware of the risks. Energize. He makes he makes a face, doesn't he? Uh-huh. Like, All right, your funeral, pal. Transport complete. Station. Great job, Andy. Twenty nine forty six. Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner was sick in this episode. I like to be. I like to keep an eye out on when people are sick. I can tell. Wow. Mister Data, let's see what sense we can make of this. Hi, sir. This is very reminiscent of Dinastian. Yes, sir. There are also similarities to Dewand and Ichabar. You can tell. That's Walden the same language. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you wanted a quick episode. I thought I'd only hit the important things. 
Uh, data also refers to it as a holograph. Why not a hologram? I think a holograph is something different. Anyway, Worf's about to walk onto the bridge. Okay. Commander, look. Worf, what happened? Where's the captain? We must take data to engineering. Hopefully, the captain will follow. He's even chill there. Imagine they had to take the uh, turbo lift, like the turbo shaft, down to deck 36. That'd be crazy. Think of Worf's behavior in this episode. I don't know how to help him. In comparison, how, how even keeled he is. In comparison how... to the one with the t- with the where he's in the fake Enterprise, and he's oh, like, he's... "This is a lie." Losing his mind. Just this is what Worf is supposed to be. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> But comparing recorded norms for data to these current readings, it's clear that all his functions are just going crazy. We had an expert, a Maddox, somebody. I... That I thought was weird. Oh, the fact that it beeps for data's dying? No, he says if we had an expert, a Maddox. A Maddox, yeah. Maddox is the incompetent douche that tried to have uh, data disassembled, and he couldn't because he didn't know enough about data. Yeah, but he knows more than Jordy does. Well, not an expert. theoretically. What I say. Andy's phone's already in night shift. It's when I go to sleep. It's gone. Don't you mean off? <laughs> <laughs> Sounded like a little sting from Terminator there. He says there's a storm coming. Gandak, I know. Secunda. It's really a dream, huh? Yes. They're really just staring at Data. Data? What the hell? I am accessing the self-correcting mechanism. Captain? That I just learned about now. (laughs) It's constantly kicking in to make minute adjustments in the positronic brain. I'm on the Enterprise. How did I get here? He cleared the Iconian program from his system. How? Iconia. I was on Iconia. Now I am on the Enterprise. Jordy, this is critical. How? Okay, give me a second to think. There was an incompatible you know, Riker program. Riker is freaking out constantly in this episode. So the mechanism started searching well, for it's a way to keep him alive. it's not an away team mission. It kills him inside. The solution? It's a valid theory. The solution was a shutdown and a total wipe of all affected memory. Clary, what have I forgotten? Can you do the same thing with the Enterprise? I don't see why not, but it will have to be a complete shutdown. We turn her off and affect a wipe of the Amato log, including every subsequent event since we downloaded it. I'll then be able to reload all the ship's programs from the protected archives in the main core. Jordy, if we shut down, that means we're going to be bringing down the shields, and we're hanging nose to nose with a Romulan battlecruiser. Hey, Commander, whether it's... Do you think it says bringing and hanging? I can tell you whether it does. Or do you think that... That's a phrasism. What was the rest of that sentence? He said, bringing down the shields when we're hanging nose to nose with them. (laughs) Seems very weird. God, I hope they wrote that. No way they did, right? No way. Seems unlikely. Try to keep those shields up. Mm. I think hang. You're going to get an easier search with hang. Uh, it's just hang, hanging, hanging. 
and bringing. A shutdown means the shields are going to be coming down too, and we're hanging nose to nose, hanging nose to nose with a Romulan battle cruiser. Yeah, does, that's he, does he say coming or bringing? No, he says coming. What does he say? It's a different we just place. Saw it. We just, hang, no, it's right here. It's right here. We're going to be bringing down the shields. Bringing. And we're hanging nose to nose with a Romulan battle cruiser. He changed it. He just did his best to get through it. The, he changed it entirely. It was yeah. a shutdown. Means the shields are going to be coming down too. Boy. But bringing down the shield is a better way to say it, I think. Frakes did it again. Good job, Frakes. Place blowing up. I love that Picard just goes on to the next I've lost him. Damn it. Got him, sir. He's on the Romulan ship. That is awesome. I love this. Go to your stations. You did this. You sabotaged my ship. Oh no. I cannot deactivate the auto destruct. But at least I have the satisfaction that you will die with us. Not I think today, Commander. Now can you do that when you're transporting? Yeah, I'm establishing this from Star Trek Four when she's uh, when he when she when oh, I'm uh, asking she talk jumps when onto, he transports. She jumps onto Kirk and is talking during mid transport. And what Star Trek Four? Yeah, when he beams from the outside in the park oh, on yeah. board the Klingon ship. All right. Also in Star Trek Two, Savick and Kirk are talking to each other. Yeah, when she says. Uh, Mr. Spock said it would three three days. Which yes, means Captain. you could probably yeah. have the sex while you're being transported. Be the great end to a Bond film. <laughs> it's the only place it would work. I feel like, you know, when you're in a transporter beam, mm-hmm. as we see later in the series from the inside of the beam, yeah. it doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a lot can happen. Wait, sir. Open hailing frequencies. Open, sir. Commander Torres, prepare to receive a transmission from our chief engineer. He'll instruct you how to purge your system. Agreed, Enterprise. Standing by. <gasps> Commander, your transmission has been received and acknowledged. Her name is Subcommander Torres? Yeah. Perhaps a relation to Bellana Torres? No, Bellana Torres is half uh, Klingon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr. Data, warp speed, please. Just in case Taurus's engineer is not as efficient as our Mr. LaForge. Aye, sir. Well, number one. And it's I spelled T A R I S. You keep your away missions to yourself. All right. That's where the excitement is. So, what's been happening here? Would have been cool. Same old routine, I suppose. He would never say that because the ship was falling apart when he left. Right. Everybody would have been in danger. That is a pointless joke at the end. I do like that the uh, Iconian thing is blowing up as the ship is exiting orbit. Yes. And uh, I like that the uh, Romulan Warbird just cold starts, restarts, and just heads out. I feel like... Andy's got feelings. Basically, with... I don't know. Yeah, I understand that they got the, the technology is very dangerous, but isn't the purpose of Starfleet exploration and advancing technology and all that stuff? And this is like... So, it would be such a giant leap for humanity, putting aside the military implications. Uh, I also think his duty is immediately to the ship and it had to destroy it 
now the Romulans knew where it was, he had to worry about getting his ship back. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it, guys. That's uh, your episode of uh, of uh, of uh, Contagion. Uh, it introduced Picard's interest in archaeology, which we know. Enjoyed that. It comes up many times throughout the series. And it features Picard's first oral food slot order for tea, Earl Grey Hot. I spotted it. Uh, great job, Andy. Thanks. <laughs> oh, God. Everyone, my reaction of oh, God was when I saw what the next episode is. What's the next episode? It's called the Royale. It's a steaming pile of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we didn't say it at the beginning, so. <laughs> but uh, would you have them watch this episode? Uh, I like this one well enough. Yeah. Well enough. I had a feeling you wouldn't be that into it. For no, the same I like reasons. it. It's a. It's a. Uh, should we do it? Go. Yeah, let's Hit do the it. Button so I can talk about All it. All right. Well, we have to do one other thing before we get into that. Oh my god, I didn't even consider this. Hmm. And we're, we. This is interesting. Yeah, it's uh, a tough one. This is an episode where a lot of people do stuff. A lot of people do a lot of things. Right off the bat, you could say that O'Brien's the one who's. He's very involved in the transporters in this episode. Yeah, but I, we can't do that. Okay. Not here. Um, I think it's Jordy. It's got to be Jordy. Because Jordy A figures out what the fuck's going on with the Yamato. Mm-hmm. B figures out to destroy the probe so that it doesn't happen faster. C figures out from Data's reawakening how to purge the system of the Enterprise. Yes, but Data is the one that uh, translates everything. He's the one that figures out the system down on the planet. Worf is the one who immediately no, nothing he Data does is correct. Series of things. Nothing Data does is correct. Data hits the button and it activates a gateway. He thinks uh-huh. it's a manual override. Data then hits another button that causes him to be electrocuted and killed practically. Data does not do a good job of what he's supposed to be doing. You're correct. Okay. Worf is just following duty. He's not particularly the most valuable person. He's I mean, being, he does he's being get, good at his duty. Here's the thing with NBC. He also shoots the I'm crap worried, at us. I'm, I'm worried we're running into something with NBC. Okay. Where, you know, it's like chicken egg situations with us. Uh-huh. Where we're talking about, well, you know, Jordy couldn't figure this out if he if Worf hadn't brought data. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's foolish because, like, we should be giving the MVC of this every week then to Leah Brahms, who fucking designed the Enterprise. We All right. be watching well, that's Star Trek. going a bit That's far. what I'm saying, though. Uh-huh. So it's the, it's the largest... I think it's, it's the, the largest, largest contribution move. to the, All right. to the safety of the crew. I will agree with Jordy. Yeah. Jordy, you did it, buddy. Jordy, good job. Now we got to give it some Andes. Andes. The Andes. Or some other method of ranking... We're working on it. Might have to come up with one of those without that tag on the end of it since we clearly are never going to come up with anything else. No, it's true. Um, Matt. Six. I say eight. Wow. I loved this episode. Wow, you really love this episode. I really did. I give it six. I give it six Andes. I had a feeling you would not, we would be off on this one. I think it's better than average. What's your reasoning? I just feel like the writing was so crisp in this episode. The backstory of Iconia was interesting. 
the even yeah. the even the scenes that I thought were going to go astray, like the like the Wesley epi- scene, it was like, oh, they're really getting into some interesting stuff about this boy's perspective on on mortality. Like yeah. he saw a, giant, a friggin' uh, a galaxy class ship like get blasted to crap very in cool, front of his very eyes. Very cool effect, and that effect was awesome. Um, yeah, and just thought it was really, and he got the Romulans in it. Yeah. And you had the theme you know what I of, feel like? of the misinterpretation of the Iconian history because history is written by the yeah. winners. Do you know what I think I'm going to admit about myself right now? That's it. I think every second season episode is getting docked a point for not being in season three uniforms. <laughs> well, that's not fair. Like, I'm like thinking about this episode right now, and I'm like thinking about if this episode almost shot for shot was in season three or four yeah how much more i would like it and the answer to that question is i'd probably like it two points more wow just something about these second season jumpsuits that's just killing me here is it the overall style of the whole show or you really think it just comes into the? i think right now it might be the uniforms (laughs) but it's it's getting a six All right. Well, you get, it's it's an internal evaluation, um, so I can't dispute it. Can I ask? May I ask? Uh, wh- who directed this one? Was this Bowman? No, this was uh, Jonathan uh, Krizel, who directs all the Portlandia. It wasn't Jonathan Krizel. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Fine director, though. Yes, of course. Uh, I'm asking this was because not Cliff Bowl. This was Joseph Scanlon. Um, because there was a, a a huge amount of of tracking shots in this and cinematic stuff, which I really enjoyed in terms of the visual look. But there's also some weird shots where there were just these strange profiles of Picard all through it, and mm-hmm. an odd look to it. Anyway, I still give it an eight. Really enjoyed it. A little preview for uh, the Royale. I'm just reading from you know. There's a little uh, section where Larry Nemechek does his little blurbs about the episode you know where he talks about um trivia you know things like the earl gray stuff like that mm-hmm. the uh first uh, sentence here in, in his description of the royale next week's episode is this story was supposed to be b- surreal but it comes across as merely unfocused <laughs> interesting so that is your your larry nemechek preview and i'm gonna Jump over to... Uh, By the way, there was one other thing. I think it was Beth Woods who was who co-wrote the, uh, the, the episode with Steve Gerber. If I'm not mistaken, yes. Created Howard the Duck. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they were both working in a computer store. And she was the one who put in all the computers for Roddenberry. He was like, all right, we got to get up get some computers in here and she helped them with everything and that was like the first time computers were in there and um and then he said you can come in and pitch some stuff and so she brought in steve gerber and then they wrote this episode wow and they were a very good episode that had it been a year later i would have loved it yeah uh woods Woods also wrote captain simeon and the space monkeys Oh, no, uh, the episode Invasion of the Banana Snatchers. <laughs> she didn't write the whole next thing. Next time on Star Trek, the next generation. It seems like we're trapped in here. Proceed with caution. A dangerous mission uncovers a secret alien passage. Welcome to the hotel.
Hotel Royale. Where the crew become prisoners in a fictional casino that's all too real. Lock onto the landing party. Beam them up. We've got nothing to lock on to, sir. Now, they must gamble with their lives in a deadly game of survival on Star Trek The Next Generation. Is that a holodeck episode? No. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Buckle up, buddy. <laughs> I keep saying we should change the uh, the opening. You want to see Data play craps? You're gonna get to see Data play craps. The opening semi-insulting. Uh, 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 yeah, Andy's like, Andy's like, these have all been really good so f- lately, and well, I'm we like, should well, change it. No. He said, well, we should hang on a beat. <laughs> anyway, right. that's it, guys. Thanks, everybody. I will say, uh, f- uh, just even for my side of it, it's not even not even for for Matt's side. Thank you, everybody, for your support to the show and to Matt. Uh, it was really heartwarming to watch. Very heartwarming to be a part of, and also, um, I just so you guys know, I, I this is uh, I am operating life at maximum capacity right now, and uh, it would be very easy to stop doing this podcast. But it is because of you guys that I have said to Andy we're gonna keep doing it through this run and. Uh, Andy, of course, uh, blatantly was like, we should stop. Fuck these guys who listen. They're worthless. <laughs> Not true you know me, Matt. <laughs> I'm the cool one. I don't need these people. And uh, I was like, no, Andy. No, seriously. Our interaction. I'm kidding. Every time is Matt just going, oh, all right. And it's not, it's not I because I don't love doing this, this podcast. I do no. love doing this podcast. I just, there's a couple hours of my life I'd like to have with myself and my wife. But you know what? At the end of the day, this podcast is uh, a lot of fun to do and uh, worth doing. If you'd like to send us any thoughts or comments or critiques or compliments, uh, you can write us at uh, sdtncpod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at Star Trek TNC. Uh, or you can also, our Instagram is at Star Trek TNC. Someone pointed out that uh, that's the biggest goof we've had so far because we only have one single image <laughs> um no, that's that's uh, we have one social media person and he's also the co-host who puts together the emails so and, <laughs> and if you would like to uh leave us a voicemail it's uh, 816 816 it's a uh, star trek sex line <laughs> 816 trek tnc you call one line, and it's a Tribble who's born pregnant. So if you're into that, it's a very specific thing. <sighs> I know I would hit the replicator, but I ate six cookies today and then had mac and cheese and ribs. So I'm a little bit full, guys. Gotta tell you. I'm going to have just one more cookie. <laughs> Because <laughs> I love white chocolate, guys. That's the original series. <laughs> Is that the When they'd like get the coffee, you know? Oh, nice. Or the thing would lift up. And there's Matt, a how are you here? You there's didn't... a tribble in my coffee. Oh, yeah. I didn't beam out. Oh, I see. That was the sound of... I beamed out that chair. Oh. Because we only have one chair on the ship. We just have to beam it room to room. That's... Seems very inconvenient. I know. Also a waste of power and resources, but, uh, you what know. Do we care? O'Brien says, don't worry about it. I'll find the space. <laughs> so long, folks. Oh, no. Now I don't know where the thing uh-huh. is. Oh, no. <laughs> well, 
just use a Borg transporter. <laughs> Is that a Borg transporter? That was a Borg transporter. Ooh, it's very quiet. Here's a TNG tractor beam. Ready? Okay. I feel like I could sleep to that one. Sure. Disengage. <laughs> 